thank the Lord for men of integrity, yes. men in the pulpit with integrity. Praise I thank the Lord, Lord that we don't have to lay in bed at night and say, oh, I wonder if my man of God has got integrity. Because I know Bless these the Lord, men brother. of God got integrity. Bless you, brother. Praise God. I'm telling you, the only thing good about me is what indwells inside me. But can I report to you tonight that he is perfect. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. I may get weak and, and stumble and, and, and have trouble, but I'm though the outward man perish, the inward man's renewed day by day. <laughs> that, that tells me this. That that thing on the inside is going to take over the outside one of these days. I'm getting better inside every day. Isn't it good to be getting better on the inside? Hey, this old outward man, there's a few things I'm telling you. Sore backs, weak eyes, teeth that's bad. All this trouble, Brother Bobby, Brother Tim. But I'm telling you, the man on the inside, there's nothing wrong with him. Praise God. Glad for the man on the inside tonight. It's good to be here tonight. I thank you for allowing me to come. You could, there's, I was talking to Brother Mike this afternoon, and uh, I said, there's thousands of preachers out there that you could call, and, and you, you invite us to come. And I thank you for that. I think this thing's on, but am I going to give, give the thumbs up? That means go. We're in the book of Esther tonight. In the book of Esther. I'm in chapter 5. I'm just going to read a couple verses. Verse 1 and 2 of chapter 5 tell you a little story. And we'll let you let the Holy Ghost deal with you and you can do whatever you need to do. I'll just step out of the way. I want to be sure I had the right message. Kenny, I want to be sure, brother, that I had the message for this who was going to be here tonight? I didn't know who would be here. But God knew who would be here tonight. And I wanted to have the right message. Brother Mike said, I'm, so I said, uh, Rod, is Brother Roger there? He said, no. He said, you want me to preach tonight? I said, well. He said, I figured you'd be tired. You drove in. I said, I believe I could go. So. Amen. You found Esther chapter 5, verse number 1. Shout amen. Amen. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that he she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Father, I love you. And I thank you for this night, Lord. And if there's anything done tonight, it'll be by your spirit. God, I pray you'd help this preacher tonight. I pray you'd feed this flock. God, we can't have jubilee or revival or camp meeting, God, without you. And you're that miracle in us tonight, Lord. You're that inward man. Oh, God, you're the help. You just know us. You see us, God. You care for us. 
Fill my mouth and guard my tongue. Help me tell you a story, Lord. Help me tell you a story. If there's a lost one here tonight, I pray you save them. God, this is aimed at the church. It's, it's to help your people. We love you and praise you and ask you in my Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. They've been movies. They've been books. There's all kinds of... Uh, Brother J.R. told me that he had seen the movie about ten times on Hadassah. This is a peculiar book in this respect in that you can't find God. You can't find God's name in this book. You can see His hand everywhere, but you won't find His name. But what you'll see is His providence. You'll see the providence of God from the historical perspective to the spiritual perspective from one end of this book to the other. You'll see the preservation of a people that the enemy wanted to kill. And it's all by the providence of God. That means to provide in advance. God knew they'd be taken in captivity. God knew the situation they were going to be in. God knew that it's going to need His hand. Can I tell you how? We're no different than them tonight. God knows your situation. He knows the condition that you're facing and he knows that you're going to need his help. He knew all these things about the Jew before they were ever taken into captivity. They find themselves here in a foreign land among a foreign people. They were pilgrims and strangers. This land that I live in has become more strange to me every day. This is not the same America that I grew up in. I don't understand the chaos and the, the abnormalities that is and is exist in our land today. But it didn't catch my God by surprise. In chapter 1 of this book, you're going to find this. You're going to find a disobedient wife. Girls, don't get mad at me. I could give a historical perspective on it. I feel like I should just skip all that tonight and just talk about this thing that this disobedient wife, the sovereign, if you would. You have many types and shadows in this particular book. But the sovereign sovereign here, the king, the one on the throne, the one that, that uh, Esther is approaching here, Ahasuerus, he is on the throne. And when he gives a command, the command is to be carried out. He doesn't ask permission. He just says the word. And when his word goes from his mouth, in that particular day, it was to be carried out or you were to die. There wasn't no, I don't feel like it. At this particular time, he's throwing a party, and when the king invited you to the party, you better show up. He had the party, and it was because he had lost the battle, and he's doing the thing that's politically correct, and so he's partying with all his princes and his and his uh, cohorts, if you would, and he calls for his wife to come in and show her off before him, and she says no, and... He says, oh, i got a problem. It's much like God with the children of Israel. He said, I want you for a peculiar treasure unto me. If you'll do this, He said, I'll bless you coming in. I'll bless you going out. I'll bless your children. I'll bless your job. I'll bless your cattle. I'm going to bless everything about you. But you're going to have to do what I say. 
And they were disobedient. In chapter 1 you see a disobedient wife. In chapter 2 you see this. He said if this one won't do it, you know what I'll do? I'll get me another bride. So he went from a disobedient wife, which is a picture or a type of the nation of Israel, if you would, and he puts out a decree for a bride, and guess what? Huh? Hallelujah to the Lamb. Here comes Hadassah, or Esther, on the scene. Can I tell you that he's still seeking for a bride today? You could be part of the bride. If you're unsaved, you're welcome to come. The Spirit says come. The bride says come. Those of us that make up the bride says come. Let him that hear us say come. Whosoever will, let him come. And take of the water of life freely. Whoever wants it can have it today. The decree has gone out for the bride. Chapter number 3, we see this. We see the wicked one. We see the determination of Haman. We're never going to do anything in our spiritual and our Christian walk that the enemy doesn't rear his head and come against us. If you're facing obstacles and you're facing you're facing difficulties in this life, you know what? You're probably, I'm going to use some hillbilly lingo right here, you're smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Some fellow sent me this today. He said, the old preacher told him, said, you know what? He said, I found this. I've looked and he said, I was talking to a general that, that commanded a lot of men in an armed fort, one of the armed forces. And he said, you know what? He said, my men bickered and complained and fought and carried on. They couldn't get along with each other until the battle come. But when they got in the battle, they forgot about the bickering, the whining, the complaining, and they ready to do the work. That's the way the enemy raised his head against Hadassah. He raised his head against the Jew. Hey, that's what the devil does. You see the enemy in chapter 3. The determination of Haman. Our adversary is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. When the enemy has come, you know what he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he come to do. Should we expect that we should we won't have trouble? No. Chapter four, we see this. We see the declaration of Esther. She says this. Mordecai has come. I'm not going to tell the story. If I do, it gets real lengthy. But Mordecai has come. He's her cousin. He's raised her. He's elder than she is. He is taking care of her. He's taken her under his wing. He's raised her up as a daughter. He comes and tells her, said, look, there's a decree going out to kill us. We're going to, to be wiped out. He's sitting in sackcloth and ashes where you're not allowed to do that. To get it. Oh, boy, there, I'll take off on that. And the king's gate. And what happens? He says, you're going to have to talk to the king. If you don't talk to the king, you stay with me. It'll get real happy in just a minute. If you don't talk to the king, we're all going to die. I'm glad there's somebody. I'm glad there's somebody. Went to the king on my behalf one day, Brother Mitch. I, I'm telling you, I had no right to, to come to the king's place. But somebody said, I tell you, I'm 
And if it kills me, I'm going to the king. Why? Because the people are going to die if I don't do it. That's good, preacher. Now, here's what we see in chapter 5. And I'll be real brief tonight. I think I will. Y'all laughing like you don't believe me. We see this. We see her decision to go. Now, you know that tonight in this great facility, with no threat on us that we are aware of, it, it's, this, is, this is a little hard to grasp. So let me just set, let me try to paint the picture of what it meant for Esther yeah. to say, I'm going to go and see the king. Yeah. See, there, the, there, there was a law. There's a law. Hold that thought. There's a law. Nobody can come to the king. Unless the king send for them. If the king don't send for them. Here's what there is. There's, there's armed men. Around the throne of the king. And if someone tries to approach the king. Without permission of the king. They're killed on the spot. Or they're drug outside the gate. And beheaded. This cutting people's heads off. Started a long time ago. This is nothing new. And so, the, the threat, the law said, are you getting this? The law said, you can't get to the king. But before the... <laughs> prior to this though, prior to her finding out that her people's going to die, what happened? you know what she had found in the eyes of the king? The Bible said she had found grace and favor. She had found grace and favor. You know what grace does? Grace, grace, grace does this. I'm glad we're not under the law. He took the law, the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, and he nailed it to the cross. He took it out of the way. We live in a different time. Hey, if you're under the law today, you are guilty and condemned. But I'm glad, praise God, that I found grace and I found favor in the eyes of the king. All of that was there. She still had to come. She still had to come. Here it is. Let me give you three things real quick and I'm done. You notice what happened right here? She knows that if she goes in there and the king looks at her and he doesn't raise that scepter that she's going to die in her tracks. I had a most peculiar thing happen to me. And I'm not over it yet. I'll just be honest. I am not over it. I had a man came and preached for us last Wednesday night. His name is Salman Hassan. He's an Iraqi Christian. And I mean he's born again to the core. He was living in Germany. And God saved him. 
healed him and saved him from cancer. He didn't want to be prayed for. And this Christian prayed for him and he said, My God of heaven healed me and saved me and I became a believer. Amen. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. He had to leave where he was at in Germany. God said, go back to Iraq. And this was after the invasion. He goes back to Iraq. He's got three churches opened up over there. The smallest church runs 198 people. They cut his brother's head off a few weeks ago. And here's what he said he done. He said, I went to the man who had killed my brother. And he said, I extended my hand. And he said, I kissed him on the cheek. And he said, I said, I told him, I said, I'll pray for you. That one day you could be saved and go to the place that you sent my brother to. You know what he said when he left my church that night? He said, I want you to come to Iraq and preach to my people. I got a passport. If I perish, I perish. Nobody can come to the king's court unless the king says, Come. She said, You fast for three days, and I'll fast for three days, and I'm going to go into his court. Oh, Mordecai, let me tell you, preacher, that's troubled and tired. You know what? We were born for such a time as this. I wasn't born for the revivals of the 40s. I was born for the Laodicea age when people don't want to hear the truth. I was born for such a time as this when we'd preach them the truth. And if they didn't like it, you just preached it anyway. And it wasn't standing room only. It might be to a meager crowd. But you just preached the truth. For you was born for such a time as this. The next day, it's the third day, the fast is complete. And Esther does this. She puts on the royal apparel. I'm a feeling better. She puts on the royal apparel. What might that be, preacher? You know what? He has clothed me, according to Isaiah, in garments of salvation. He has clothed me in garments, plural, of salvation. Why is that? Because it's a two-part, to get the answer to the equation, it's a two-part problem. There's grace and there's faith. You can't just have grace and have salvation. It's by grace through faith. He's clothed us in those garments of salvation, but then He covered me in a robe of righteousness. One robe, singular. Why? Because it's the righteousness of Christ. I have no right to come to the throne except by the righteousness of the Lord. 
What did he do? She put on the royal apparel. She's got the right apparel on. She's got the right apparel. If you were here, if you're here tonight and you're lost, you have no right to the throne. Why? Because the wrong, you're wearing the wrong robe. The robe of flesh. The robe of flesh can't get in there. But the robe of righteousness can. You know what he does? What she does now? She steps in there. And the king's on the throne. And the guards and the assassins are standing down the hallway. And they're looking at the king. And the king's looking at Esther. But you know what? She's got her, she's got her robe on. And you know what he thinks? Huh? You know where that robe come from? He paid for it. If my bride wants to make me happy, if I buy something that's two sizes too big, she'll put that thing on, come walking in there and say, look, how does it look? And I say, that looks real good. Because I bought it for her. Hallelujah. I don't care if it fits or not. The fact of the matter is, I bought that thing. And there she stands, and he looks up, and she's wearing what he provided. Now she not only has on the right apparel, but she's made the right approach. She didn't just come busting through the door. You won't find that. You know what? She come with boldness. Therefore, let us come to the throne of grace with boldness that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. She comes in there, but she makes the right approach. What is that? She comes in humble. I don't believe you'd find Esther busting through the door, making a lot of demands. She puts that royal robe on. She said, I'm aware of what he bought me, and I'm going to step in and see what he says about it. She comes in with her head down. She comes in humble. He gives grace to the humble. Hey, listen, he resisteth the proud. She come busting in that door. He'd have looked at her and said, Hey! Nobody approached the king that way. But Esther comes in humble. I'm satisfied that Esther come in quietly. Stood there looking like a million dollars. And the king looked up. And he said, mm-hmm. There's Esther. And you know what he done? Because she made the right approach. He held that golden scepter up. What is that thing? That is grace. That's the scepter of grace. The law. Why? Because the law had been broken. The law had been broken. We're a bunch of lawbreakers. Do you understand that tonight? There's none righteous. No, not one. Listen, we couldn't keep the law. If we could have kept the law, Jesus would have never had to die. But all the law does is condemn us. Shows us our sin. Brother Bobby lets us know where we stand. That we're not right with God. But when grace raises the scepter, glory to God, come on in. What happens? She knows what to do now. She's put on the right apparel. Are you wearing His righteousness tonight? 
If you are, if you are, you know what you have? You have access to the throne. So do you make this approach? You don't come in, you don't come in with lofty ideas and, and demands upon the throne of God. No, you make the right approach. You come in with humility. You come in with, with, with reverence and respect. That's what's wrong with the house of God today. When people don't reverence and respect the house of God, they're approaching the wrong way. They act more like they're going to a ball game, Brother Bob, than they do coming to the house of the God of glory. She's wearing the right apparel. She makes the right approach. And when that scepter is raised, and when she touches that scepter, now she can make her appeal. You know what she says? The king says this. Here's what Jesus told, told him in Luke. He said, Fear not, little flock. It's Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Little flock, fear not. It pleases the Father to give you this. Here's what the king, here's what Ahasuerus says to Hadassah or Esther. He says this. He said, what would you, Queen Esther? I'll give you up to half of the kingdom. You ask it, and it's yours. This is what got me. Of all the things she could ask for. You know what she said, Kenny? Here's what she, in essence, let me give it in modern day vernacular. Perfect, fluent hillbilly. Here's what she said. She said, King, I want to do something for you. You can have anything up to half of the kingdom. I'll give you houses. Land, gold, silver. You can have herds and camels and servants. What would you do? No. I just want to do something for you. (laughs) You know what the king said? (laughs) You've got it. What would you do, Esther? She said, I want to fix you dinner. (laughs) I've offered you. Bless God. I can't feed him anything, Brother Mitch. And I know I'm not the best cook around, but I'm just trying to fix him a dinner. I'm trying to bring you something to eat. And he's, why would you think it was to him? Because he said, when you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So when you're trying to feed the flock, to listen, brothers, you're just doing it for the king. What happens? What happens in this? The enemy is invited to the dinner. That's right. Come on, preacher. You got it. He's built a gallus to kill God's man, Mordecai. That's a type of the spirit. I could go into the types and shadows and search it out. It's good. 
I understand this. Why do you say that, preacher? Sidebar briefly. Because the Spirit takes care of the bride. Yeah. 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 Here's what happens. The enemy shows up at the dinner. Get a hold of this. Let this let this get down in your soul right now. The enemy shows up at the dinner. How many times has he walked through those doors? He's come to the banquet. And you'd like to do something foolish, but God says not yet. You know what he does? He puts the pause button on Esther. And when the king says, okay, Esther, we're having your dinner. What else would you have? She said, I'd like to have, make one more request. I want to cook you another dinner. And I want Haman to come to that one also. See, she's got to cook another dinner so the king can be reminded of what more to of what Mordecai's been doing. Yeah. He'd been working for the king all along. Yeah. And when he finds it out and, and finds out the problem, you know who it is? Who the problem is? The problem's Haman. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to give you two things real quick that happened because she touched the top of that scepter. Haman is found out. Be sure your sin will find you out. Amen. That means that it will run you down. It will find you. You can't hide from it. You may, you may evade it throughout this entire life. And one day you're going to stand before God Almighty. He's going to know everything you've ever done. Amen. And Haman's hanged on his own gallows. He reaped what he sowed. God's not mocked. You sow it, it'll come up. It may take it 20 years, but it'll stick its head up. When the timing was right, God worked it all out, orchestrated this entire plan. She she does something else for the king. She could have quit it one dinner. Those of you in ministry tonight, you could have quit it one time. So I've done this much, it's time to hang it up. But just keep on singing to him. Preaching to nursing home people. And nobody else to preach to. There ain't no money in that. But payday's not come yet. Just make another dinner. And then when the timing's right, here's what happened. The people were saved. King said, oh, we can't let this happen. That's that's one of my queen's people. We're not going to let that happen. The people are saved. And then her problem is solved. Why was that? Why had she never come into the throne room and touched the scepter? The grace was there. The favor was there. The wardrobe was there. She had the right to come in huh? because it was above the law. She had found grace. She had all these things. She was approved by, and it's proven by the king raising the scepter. But what if she had said, no need to go in the king's house today. 
going to throw something at you right here real quick. You know who it was that was saved? It wasn't just her people. It was her family. She touched the scepter. It saved the family. You got unsaved people? You know what you have? Full access to the scepter tonight. I can't do it for you. If I could do it, they wouldn't. Nobody in this building have a lost friend or relative. I'd just walk down the street saving people by the multitudes. But you know what? I don't have that right. But here's the right I do have. I can touch the scepter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never come to the throne room that that scepter wasn't raised to me yeah. and I can have all the grace I need. His grace is sufficient yeah. and it never runs out. Yeah. Yeah. Touch the scepter for the family. You may be here tonight and you may need to, you may be in financial dire straits. I've seen God do miracles. They sing. I told Todd when you all were singing night, Michael. I said they're singing the right songs. He's a miracle in me. He's done one miracle after another. I've seen the impossible done. When they said there's no way you can pay for this. There's no way this will come through. Bless his holy name. Just touch the scepter. It's not just for family. But if your finances are terrible shape, just touch the scepter. One more. I know you've had trouble, Jr. I know you're gonna get a new knee, get new parts. But Brother Todd has he's told it in the prayer room, told it to me on the phone today. He told it here to the congregation tonight. I want you to know we went to prayer. Some of you prayed. Some of you did ask me about Joe Best, Daddy Arnold. And right now, as it stands, he has improved. We don't know exactly what's wrong, but he has not had a stroke. He hasn't had a seizure, and it was not a heart attack, but there's something wrong. They're still looking to see who that is. But I'll tell you what I've done. When they told me that last night, I went right into the throne room. Yes, sir. Amen. I didn't have to worry about being slain. I'm just coming there because I was wearing the right robe. And I had a right to ask him. And that scepter was raised to me and I touched that scepter and I said, God, don't let a world die. He's not only my my daughter-in-law's daddy, but he's my friend. Don't let him die. God, I pray you touch his body. Much like you prayed for the lady yesterday. You know what? I got a better report today. I'm glad when there's a physical affliction, we can still touch the top of the scepter. But you know what you have to do? We touch it on behalf of people. The Bible said you have not because you ask not. Amen. Can I ask you tonight? Has the enemy come against you? Is it bleak and dark and there's trouble? 
And you don't know why. I don't know why so many things happen. I said some of you men were at our camp meeting. And my little, my little niece had that baby Brooks. Jimmy asked me about her tonight. I asked him about Brooks. And that baby, and, so, and, and he was born, he weighed two pounds, three ounces. And they said he's going to die. They've told that girl three or four times that baby's going to die. And I asked the men at that camp meeting. I said, I need to get a hold of God. And I trust you men to get a hold of heaven. And they've had two other baby boys die already. And they need one to live. Amen. Amen. And glory to God, the golden scepter's been raised. And I've touched the top of the scepter. And that baby weighs five pounds today. You'll do it. You'll do it. You got scripture on that? Oh yeah. Wouldn't preach it if it didn't. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever thing you desire. Huh, underline that. When you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. You need something tonight? Come to the throne. You need salvation. You know what? That's the only access and right that a lost person has. If they'll come here and no wise cast you out. Amen. That's right. So you have the access for salvation. And you have the access for all these other supplies. Amen. You have access to the throne of almighty God. Praise God. We're going to stand our feet tonight. I've done. I'm done. I can't add anything else to this. I'm asking you tonight, as, as humble as I know how, say, I, I found myself so many times saying, God, hold your scepter up again. Hold it up again. Let me touch it again, Lord. God, it's me again, Lord. I got a prayer that needs an answer. He said, Here's the scepter. Here's the scepter. You're my bride. I'm not going to turn my bride away. Oh, come. While they sing, if you need to pray, please, God, do your work. Go ahead, Mike.
Yeah. 